Welcome to the August 2020 episode of the Big Gay Fiction Book Club. I'm Jeff, and with me as always is my husband and co-host, Will Knaus. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you are ready to get into this deep dive on H.J. Welch's Troubled Waters. So before we get into discussing this particular book, we need to talk about a certain predilection I have. Most of the books that I have selected this year for a book club have been part of a series. And, depending on how you look at it, problematically, they've been in the middle of a series. <laughs> Troubled Waters is part of the Pine Coast series by H.J. Welch, and it is the second book. And I'm here to assure you that the standard romance caveat applies. This is a standalone. You do not have to have read the previous book to understand what is going on in Troubled Waters. But if you're curious about what happened in the first book, I reviewed Safe Harbor last year in November in episode 213 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, and I really enjoyed it. It's the story of Robin who has to go home to Pine Cove for a high school reunion, and he talks his seemingly straight roommate Dare into accompanying him as his fake boyfriend. Standard, wonderful, romantic hilarity ensues. And during their time in Pine Cove, Robin's best friend Emery gives Dare a makeover so that he looks his absolute best on the night of the high school reunion. Now, as we're about to discuss, Emery is one of the heroes of Troubled Waters, and Robin and Dare do make a brief appearance in this book as well. But you do not need to have read Safe Harbor to understand what's going on here this time around. Now, I know some of you who are listening are probably going, yeah, yeah, Will, that's all fine and good, but I'm a completist. If I'm going to read a series, it's going to be from beginning to end, and that is fine. I totally understand. In fact, I recommend that you read both books at the beginning of this series because they're both absolutely wonderful. But I can come in and assure everyone that you could totally read this alone. I did not read book one, despite your awesome recommendation of it, but I totally got into Troubled Waters and had no issue keeping up with what was going on. So you don't have to be a completist. You can just dive in here. So let's dive into those Troubled Waters by H.J. Welch. Things start off with a literal bang. <laughs> Big Brawny Scout finds himself in Pine Cove, needing to blow off a little bit of steam. So naturally, he heads to the local gay bar and encounters a very flirtatious twink who drags him into a bathroom stall for a very hot and heavy anonymous hookup. Can we just talk about for just a moment the first line of this book? Because this is one of the best first lines I think I have ever read. And let me just give it to you now in my not-audiobook voice. Scout Duffy has never fucked anyone while being watched by a shoal of guppies. But he'd done Stranger Things on a Tuesday night, to be sure. Well, okay then. I mean, that's that, you talked about starting with a bang, and there you go. <laughs> you know he's being fucked somewhere near an aquarium, and the bar that they're meeting in is actually called Aquarium. Uh, and yet he's done Stranger Things on a Tuesday night. You can't help but go further in when you see a sentence like that. Yeah, this scene is like crazy super hot. In all of my time on the podcast, I find it really difficult to accurately sum up the sexy times in books. Mm, yeah, It's actually hard to describe. I mean, without getting into like anatomical detail of what's going on, it's like, how do you say this was super sexy or it was more or less sexy than something else. Because everyone's idea of what's sexy is so very individual. 
But what I will say is, is that <laughs> this author definitely caught my attention from the get-go. These characters have instant chemistry. It's in that is something that they're going to explore throughout the rest of the story. Yeah, the the way that she writes the sexy times was really was really erotic, I would say. And the fact that she set the scene in this public place where they were not being seen, but certainly being heard and had a bit of an audience. I mean, the whole thing, the way she described it and put it together, I was really into it as a first scene of the book. And I'm not really into books that typically have sex just right up front, but the whole setup here really worked so well and sold me on H.J. Welch writing, because this is my first book from this author, too. So, awash in the afterglow of his encounter with the very sexy stranger, Emery comes home to find his apartment door ajar. Someone is ransacking his place, but Emery's only thoughts are for his pet hedgehog named Sonic. Emery is able to snag his prickly friend, but is chased out of his building by the intruder. Emery and Sonic are able to escape after a mad dash through the darkened streets of Pine Cove. And this in and of itself also sets up an interesting image that somebody is running off with their hedgehog in the middle of the night, (laughs) fleeing this crime scene. You're not supposed to think it's funny, but come on, it's a hedgehog. And it was kind of funny. Yeah, H.J. Welch throws a lot of different things at us in the very beginning of this book. There's like the high heat sex scene, there's the danger, but there's also the quirky comedic aspects. Yeah, it's it's a tough balance to strike, and she does it so well in that there's danger here, but there's also a little bit of of humor to be had at the same time. It's it's quite quite wonderful. The next morning, Scout meets with his boss about his new assignment. It's going to be security detail for a social media influencer who, after going over the client file, Scout realizes this is the little hottie that he can't get out of his mind from the night before. And of course, us smart readers already knew that was coming <laughs> from the very first chapter. Emery is the target of a series of online death threats and now a home invasion, so he definitely needs Scout's protection. Emery has spent the night with his best friend Ava, and it's at her place that he is first introduced to Scout, who, for reasons he actually doesn't recognize. Talk about a terrible way to throw Scout for a loop. Because you've got Scout who can't get Emery out of his mind, but Emery has already put Scout out of his. I felt bad for Scout. Yeah, at first he is hurt that the moment that he and Emery shared was obviously so very forgettable. But eventually he realizes that it's going to prove beneficial for their client bodyguard relationship. And it's then that they work out the details of how Scout will watch over Emery in the days leading up to a work trip to Hawaii. You know, it's an interesting spin on this particular trope where you have the two characters having their hook up at the front part of the book and then end up working together or doing something else. And it's usually awkward for both of them. And HJ's really managed to play with this a little bit here because you've got one half of the couple in the moment not remembering that particular hookup. So the the awkwardness is strictly one-sided in that moment. It was, it was an interesting way to read that. So the next day, while the two of them are tidying things up at his apartment, Emery begins to realize that his big brawny bodyguard man might not be such a Neanderthal after all, after they have a discussion of why Emery's visibility and work on behalf of queer kids, it proves 
that Scout is a little more open-minded than your average straight dude. And I think this scene where they actually have their first real conversation kind of epitomizes their dynamic, at least at the beginning of this particular relationship. When Emery is dealing with people that he doesn't know, he has this particular style of kind of poking and prodding, and in this case, flirting with Scout in order to figure him out. Yeah, it's an interesting method that he uses here because you're right, he's trying to figure him out, but he's also got a fair bit of armor up as well because he doesn't want to get hurt while he's doing this poking. Emery's an interesting mix of wants to be assertive and get his points across, but he's also got this really squishy center (laughs) that wants to be taken care of, but he doesn't want to be vulnerable enough to get there. And Scout is perplexed. I think that's probably a pretty good word, by Emery's constant goading and flirty banter. But one thing is for certain, the attraction is still very real. And after an afternoon shopping around town, Scout pulls Emery out of harm's way when a bomb destroys their parked car. A different kind of bang in this case from (laughs) up front. Yeah, so far in the story, what we've seen is sort of the witty flirtatious banter that sort of back and forth push and pull of two characters who are trying to figure out what they're feeling and what it means but here we're finally thrown into what the bodyguard trope is all about it's like heroism and danger and scout lived up to it oh yeah (laughs) so once they've had time to collect themselves they go back to scout's motel and they make plans over tacos this homophobic stalker that Emery has been dealing with, he definitely means business, and Emery might be safer out of town. So they decide that he will go on his Hawaiian business trip, but Scout is the one who's going to accompany him. What better place for some romance than Hawaii? They just don't know it yet. Exactly. At the resort, Emery gets down to business enjoying all the amenities, which he'll eventually post about for all of his followers. And after buying his bodyguard a very sexy new swimsuit, Emery enlists Scout to act as his photographer for a poolside photo shoot. Yeah, that was an interesting little wrench to throw in the Hawaii trip that Emery's photographer wasn't able to get there and throwing Scout into that extra role. He flustered so cute over having to be the photographer, too. So with Emery cavorting about in a thong, all wet and sexy and irresistible, it has definitely piqued Scout's interest. And Emery is determined once and for all to know which way this handsome hero swings. When Scout finally admits that he is in fact gay, Emery teases and flirts, as he does, and tries to convince him that a little dirty fun in the sack would be just what the two of them need. And it's then, at that moment, that Scout uses a safe word. It's the very same safe word that was part of the hookup that the two of them had a few nights ago. Scout was the hot guy from the club, the one that Emery had such a connection with. It was Scout all along, and he never even realized it. So with that awkward cat out of the proverbial bag, Scout goes to the gym to work off his guilt for keeping such a secret. Emery eventually finds him, and once all their I sorry's have been said, Emery kisses him because... Even after everything, he is glad that Scout is the one who turned out to be his amazing mystery man. It's really interesting how these two fight. I mean, that's essentially what happened when it all came out about who Scout was and that he was the hookup and they snipe back and forth. We've seen a little bit of that earlier, but now we're really getting into the meat of their arguments. 
and they fight in such an interesting and readable way and it always ends up with one of them stalking off as we'll see (laughs) as we see continuing here but at least they always come back to each other because i hate it you know when somebody stalks away and then stays away for far too long and they always end up coming back to each other for one reason or another uh, essentially to finish off what 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 they started with and, and then find their way to the apology yeah there's a really interesting magnetic pull that emery and scout share they're constantly drawn towards one another, but, you know, occasionally, as magnets are wont to do, they repel each other as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, with Scout all sexy from his workout, they end up doing it right there in the resort's boxing gym. It is hot, and it is primal, and it's intense. Scout is both dominating and caring just the way Emery likes it. And just like the first chapter in this book, this scene is bonkers hot. Was the sex this hot in the first Pine Cove book? It was, but because of the story conventions of the fake boyfriend scenario, I think they slow walked their way towards that. Which makes sense. It was hot in its context. What I'm getting at here is, I think H.J. Welch writes bonkers hot sex. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems their afterglow is short-lived. Scout struggles to explain to Emery why they have to keep things professional. If all he's thinking about is screwing Emery into oblivion, he's not going to be very good at his bodyguarding job. But Emery petulantly declares that he wants it all or nothing, and he leaves Scout to figure out what he really wants. This frustrated me about Emery a lot, because someone's already tried to blow him up, literally, and... The guy who is supposed to protect him, Emery is willing to let this guy be distracted in some way. It's like, dude, come on. (laughs) Let the guy do his job so he keeps you safe. It was one of his bratty moments that I was like, oh, dude, really? (laughs) Come on. Back in Pine Code, things are still kind of icy, but they quickly thaw when Scout can't stay away and he decides he's going to play it Emery's way. And their makeup sex which for the very first time is actually in a bed, <laughs> is it is sweet and it's slow and it's honest. There are no games. It's just the two of them being 100% open and honest with one another. This was a nice scene because it was so radically different from the sex we'd seen them have in the club and in the gym. This was, as you said, in the bed, finally, but was a, a, a kind of a sweeter side to both of them which was nice to see, especially after some of the blow-up fights that they'd had. It was good makeup sex, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, afterwards, this time they finally get it right. No one is mad or stops <laughs> off. There are kisses, and there's cuddles, and there's talking. And for the first time, they're honest with each other, no walls. And they end up talking about a lot of different stuff, including their kind of sexual history and preferences, their pasts, their outlooks on life. It's all really sweet and you can see how they really do click with one another what they have it goes beyond sexual chemistry it goes a whole lot deeper Mm -hmm. i was glad to see that they both let their walls down here so the next morning emery wakes scout up with a blowjob and with the declaration that he is going to switch things up this time emery the sassiest of all femme queens is going to top scout And as is my habit when describing sex, I'm going to use three adjectives. It's hot and it's sweaty. And for our two heroes, it is very, very satisfying. 
Yeah, Emery really drug Scout along on this one for a while, and I like how it, it, Scout just had to put his foot down to uh, eventually go, just do this, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a bit of a prolonged tease, Yes, but Scout eventually finds that he likes anything that Emery throws his way. He's along for the ride at this point. Exactly, exactly. So because of the situation that he's found himself in, Emery decides to take a self-defense class. And while he's busy doing that, Scout spends some time working out on the treadmill. Always keeping Emery in his sights. Yeah. And thinking long and hard about the weird situation that he's found himself in and how very, very deep he's fallen in such a short amount of time. And while they're getting cleaned up afterwards, Emery begins acting kind of strangely. He just says that he needs some space and he takes an Uber back to his apartment telling Scout that he'll see him back there later. Yeah, it's an interesting pivot point because, I mean, they have a sexy moment in this gym before the lesson even happens. So they've had that moment and Scout got to raise his jealousy flag over some of the things that went on in the self-defense class. <laughs> and then Emery takes this pivot all of a sudden and, you know, Scout ends up and thinks it's because of the jealousy moment that happened, but... It ultimately goes to show that Scout was right, and they shouldn't have mixed as much as they did as quickly as they did. Because, boy, did Scout miss something. <laughs> it seems the stalker has struck again. He stuffed Emery's locker with photos taken recently in Pine Cove of everyone in Emery's life, including Scout. So, Emery flees with plans to leave Pine Cove in order to protect his loved ones. Only his ride chair isn't who he thinks it is. Always check that license plate and the driver <laughs> picture, folks. Now, Scout quickly realizes something is wrong when Emery's real Uber shows up just outside the gym. So Scout and the willing driver go chasing after him. I love this driver. He was so awesome. <laughs> and it's now that the story sort of barrels towards its romantic suspense climax. Things get really good and they happen super fast. They do. It made my romantic suspense heart oh so happy because these these scenes were just juicy goodness. I know. God, it gets so good, guys. <laughs> so Emery's kidnappers are a pair of violent right-wing sociopathic brothers, and they're behind the threats on Emery's life. And they are driving him far, far away, deeper and deeper into the woods that surround Pine Cove. But social media influencer Emery actually manages to send out... A little bit of a beacon of a signal. Unfortunately, it lands in the lap of somebody who is not all that for technology. Luckily, our Uber driver is. <laughs> yeah. Scout is a bit of a Luddite, but following that ping on Emery's phone, Scout and his adventurous driver finally find Emery and the kidnappers holed up in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. With Emery tied up, the brothers want him to record a video denouncing everything that he's ever accomplished. But he's dealt with bullies like this his entire life. So he thrashes and he flails and he's trying to get free when Scout comes charging in. I really liked how Emery wasn't going to go down without a fight. Oh, yeah. For one thing, because he wasn't going to let his... even. I think even if he ended up dead in this moment, he wasn't going to let his legacy get thrashed by anybody. And I think he also was holding out hope that Scout would come for him, you know, as you always hope with your bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of a, I think, a two-for-one play there that he either was going to get out of this or he was at least going to save his legacy along the way. 
And where Scout's concerned, it might have been two against one, but if there's one thing Scout knows how to do, it's fight. And after a brawl that essentially trashes most of the cabin, he subdues the two criminals and he saves the day, including the man that he loves. And the cool Uber driver there is is there to help pick up all the pieces and get them home again, which I also totally loved. And I really liked H.J.'s writing of the suspense scene, the fight, the what led up to the fight, who these bad guys were. I mean, it was if you, she writes these scenes as as good as she writes the sex. I mean, they... it, well, exactly. Sex scenes are in fact action scenes, and not only do we need to understand what's going on and essentially where different body parts are, it's really about the emotions we need as readers we need emotional context to understand what our characters are going through and that is something that hj always makes crystal clear whether it's a sex scene or an action scene yeah and even leading into the action scene when scouts surveying the house to figure out where people are in it how he might go about yeah, how, getting in. Yeah, how he assesses the situation and figuring out what his game plan is before time runs out. Oh, it's really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's paced so well, and you get all of the information you need as the reader to be able to see it all in your mind. It was... It was really good romantic suspense in these in these chapters of getting Emery out of this uh, situation. So after their ordeal, they go back to Emery's apartment and they get cleaned up and they make plans for the future. Even though they've only known each other a short time, that time has essentially been bat crap crazy. <laughs> that and, might be an understatement. <laughs> and they are definitely in love. And they realize that together that they are home. A few months later, Emery and Scout are busy inspecting a warehouse space for Scout's new business venture. He's going to open a boxing gym. He's quit his security job, and he's settled down with Emery by his side, and they're planning all of the amazing things that their future has in store. It's nice to see Scout get back to his roots, because we do find out through the book that his, some of his background is in you know, boxing and that kind of thing, so it's, it's cool that he's getting back to his roots in Pine Cove. And a few months later in the epilogue, we see Emery has some very wicked plans for Scout on their anniversary. I don't know. Can you really call it all that wicked? <laughs> you, Emery's always got something up his sleeve. Yeah, but in this case, it's a proposal. I mean, come on. That's not that wicked. <laughs> well, it's really, a, well, it adorably ends up leading to a joint wedding proposal. Both of our heroes are secure in the fact that their hard-won HEA is with the guy who is undisputably their one and only. But in true fashion, ending the book with Scout essentially honestly saying, and now I want my sexy times. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) he went from, you know, not the weirdest Tuesday night ever to just flat out wanting his sexy times. So, yeah, I think he got what he wanted there. And that, my friends, is the story of Emery and Scout in Troubled Waters by H.J. Welch. I haven't looked at the next book, but I don't suppose it's the Uber driver, is it? Do you know? It actually is not. Oh. I think what the author has done is very deliberately started populating this town with a cast of interesting characters. At one point, Emery and Scout have a meal at the local diner owned by a gay couple. They appeared in the first book as well. So I think she's slowly building a base of 
interesting, quirky people. And I'm sure that Uber driver is going to show up one more time. I hope so. <laughs> we talked to, to HJ, also known as Helen Juliet, in episode 254 of the podcast. And I kicked myself for not having actually asked if the Uber driver was getting a book or not. <laughs> and you can certainly listen to that interview for a little bit more about Troubled Waters and the Pine Cove universe. So there you have it, everyone. Another month, another incredibly satisfying read. We are so glad that you could join us for this book club episode, An Exploration of Troubled Waters by H.J. Welch, a book that we highly recommend you check out if you haven't already. So remember, if you're a member of our Patreon community, you always get early access to the book club episodes. Otherwise, they become available to everyone on the last Tuesday of the month. Coming soon, we will have the announcement of the September book, so stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for joining us for this month's book club episode. Remember, life is always sweeter when you have a book. So until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.